for a man, he has a penis, for a woman, he has a vagina. So we know this is a lady, this is a man. Man, what are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man, what are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome right, right, to wrong. Right and Wrong. It's the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is producer Truthbox. He's just truthing it up all day, every day down there in GA. Just the truth. Well, Juice, I did my long-anticipated appearance over on the Stu Peters show today. I can't wait for you and for the rest of our audience here to hear this one. I'm excited for it to come out. Thanks to those people over at We the Patriots USA for setting this whole thing up for me. And to all you Peters Pipers out there, all you loyal soldiers of Stu that are joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. It's nice to have you here on the Right and Wrong Show. Make sure to subscribe to us and to share our show with some of your friends. I know you guys got a big reach, so help us grow, please. You hear that, Juice? We got a couple, we got a few first-timers over here. Got a first-timer out here. (laughs) We got a packed show for everybody today, so here's what we got lined up for you. We'll be talking about the recommended reading material that was recently sent out to federal judges meant to educate, enlighten, and entertain them in preparation of Pride Month. Then we'll focus on the fact that the state of Massachusetts has recommended receivership for the Boston Public Schools, which means that leadership of BPS is pretty much incompetent and can't run the school system on their own. And in our last story, we'll focus on uh, the Biden administration, how they're planning to prohibit federal funding for school lunches to the schools that refuse to allow their students to use whichever bathroom they happen to identify as on a particular day. In our Come On Man segment, we'll introduce you to a pediatrician and professor from Providence, Rhode Island, that was featured in the recently released documentary, What is a Woman? But before we move on to the rest of the show for you, me and the Juice Manzada have uh, come up with a new game that we're going to try out here on the Right and Wrong Show. Spoiler alert, it is list-related. I'm a big list guy. I love a list. Give me a good list. Top five list. Favorite movie list, all that good stuff. Goodfellas, Wizard of Oz, Titanic, It's a Wonderful Life, Jurassic Park. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah! Hello, Bedford Park! Juice, I know you like a good list, too. You're a big list guy. And uh, we definitely know that Bass loves himself a good list. So we figured, why not bring you guys a weekly list of rights and wrongs? So, without further ado... Here we go. So we'll start with the wrongs. That way, we'll be able to insert some positivity later on in the show when we get to all those rights. So, the number five wrong of the week comes from Justin Trudeau telling the country of Canada that he's coming to take away their handguns. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. Wrong. Number four, the United States Embassy at the Vatican raises the pride flag. 
I'm curious if we have the pride flag hanging outside of our embassies in Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, or Lebanon. Wrong. Our number three wrong of the week is Star Wars actress Moses Ingram complaining because she's receiving racist DMs from trolls on Twitter. I'm so sick of these public figures getting sympathy from the media whenever they face any kind of hate. People suck, especially online trolls. And if people are critical of your work, it's not always because they're racist. I'd guess that 95% of the people throwing shade her way just don't like the character or the show or her performance. The other 5% trolls that decided to act like racist scumbags. Newsflash, there are racist people out there. And she's not the first or the last public figure that'll be called racist names. We need to stop treating these stories like it's something that's running rampant everywhere. Wrong. The number two wrong of the week is... The idiotic coach of the San Francisco Giants, Mr. Gabe Kapler, announcing that he will stop standing for the national anthem as a response to the shooting in Uvalde. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't plan on coming out for, for the anthem going forward until I feel like... Um, there's, I, I feel better about the direction of our country. Sometimes for me, it, it takes me a couple of days to put everything together. I knew I was, I knew that I was, um, not in my best space mentally. And I knew that it was in connection, um, with some of the hypocrisy of standing for the national anthem and, and how it coincided with the moment of silence and how those two things didn't sync up well for me. Wrong. And that brings us to our number one wrong of the week, which is this quote from the forewoman on the Michael Sussman Jerry. After the trial, according to the Washington Times, she said, quote, I don't think it should have been prosecuted. There are bigger things that affect this country than a possible lie to the FBI. End quote. Wrong. Wow. Good to see the American jury system working the way it was designed to work. Not incredible. Mean to tell me you think a conservative anyway is going to get a fair trial in this day and age from a jury? Whew. Scary, scary stuff. All right. So those were our five wrongs of the week so far. Like I told you, we're going to be getting to the five rights a little bit later on in the show. So that leaves us with only one thing left to do. We got to hear from our good friend, Mr. Ric Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 All right. So, Juice, as you know, June 1st came the other day, which kicked off the month-long in-your-face virtue signal, otherwise known as Pride Month. I don't know about you guys, but uh, it only took until my lunch break on the first for me to start being completely annoyed by the over-the-top, in-your-face no- nature of the Pride movement. It was non-stop. <laughs> Everywhere you look, it's Pride, 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 and more Pride. <laughs> there were vendors even walking around the streets of Boston hawking Pride gear left and right. We've got Pride flags here. Get your Pride flags here. LGBTQ pride gear, yeah? We've got a letter for every day of the month. Get your pride stuff here. Pride gear on sale. Pride month. Get your pride gear. Be proud, be loud, and show the crowd. 
pride gear here. We've got rainbow bumper stickers. We've got lawn signs. We've even got fishnet shirts. Pride month here. Get your pride gear here. (laughs) Oh, man. It's out of control. It's all over the place. I wonder what other people are thinking when they're out there walking around, living their lives, going to work, running their errands. I'm curious because I wonder if other people are seeing the same things that I'm seeing. And if they're thinking the same kind of things that I think. I've convinced myself that the answer to both of those questions is yes. So the obvious question that comes next is, what is a woman? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, what are we going to do to stop this um, stuff that's just gotten so far out of control? What can we do about it? Well, uh, I enjoy doing this, you know, the right and wrong show where we get to point out the ridiculous state of our culture here uh, once a week. Hopefully one day we'll be able to do it a lot more than that. Unfortunately, uh, talking to the 15 members of you out in our audience isn't really the type of reach or influence that I'm going for. (laughs) We, We first need to actually see and acknowledge that these social causes that get shoved down our throats have gone just way over the top too far. Then we need to stop pushing back and complaining about it. When you get bombarded with company-wide emails about the glory of Pride Month from the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department, make a complaint about it. The month of June is is a month that's dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. Do you think the leftists would sit back and keep quiet if companies sent out emails celebrating that? Hell no. So why are we so afraid to do the same thing? The companies that we work for, the stores that we shop in, and the common space that is shared within our communities will go back to serving their basic purpose. But we need to be willing to tell them that we're here too. You gotta tell me what you want, boy. What are you looking for? Ron DeSantis is showing the playbook for us. We need to speak up and we need to push back against these companies that are doing this stuff. The reason they do it is because they're they're afraid of the woke mob giving them a hard time. So we need to come up with a conservative mob that will push back too. Let's be loud. Let's be vocal. Let's tell them that, hey, listen, we're done with it. It doesn't need to be shoved in our face all day, every day. Just go back to doing what we do. Bring it back to the basics. If you sell clothes in your department store, just sell your clothes. Be a regular department store. You don't have to be a pride this, that, and the other thing department store. If you're a major company, you are a major league baseball, if you're the NHL, if you're the N- N- <laughs> if you're the NFL, stop turning your entire logos into flags of pride, rainbow, ridiculous colors. Like, enough. Nobody cares. We all know why you're doing it. You're doing it because you think it's going to get you some good PR. You think you're going to get retweeted by, by the woke crowd out there. But cut it out because you're pissing off half the country. You're aggravating and annoying a bunch of people that are just neutral about this stuff. So you keep going and you keep going and it's going to come to a head one of these days. And we're here on the right. We're conservatives. We're ready to push back about it. We're ready to speak up. So we need everybody to start doing the same. If you're someone who just rolls your eyes every time you get one of these emails at work or something, make a complaint. What are they going to do to you? Send a complaint. Say, hey, listen, I don't want to be bombarded with this stuff. All day, every day. That's all it'll take. A few of us all do it at once. Just like we said way back when, if all those girls on the uh, at the swim meet just decided to not jump in the pool with Mr. Leah Thomas, then it would have ended right there. But they continue to compete. So we're just gonna. It, it's gonna take a little bit of awkwardness right off the bat until these companies 
and our society remembers to to kind of bring things back to the basics here. Okay, so Juice, this story is from the American Conservative, and it was published back on May 25th, my little girl's birthday of all days. The headline reads, Querying the Federal Judiciary from Within. You wouldn't believe I practiced that word like six different times and still flubbed it. I can't help myself. So the story goes on to tell that the bureaucrats that run the federal court system found it to be worthwhile to recommend books like Blow Me Away, and The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. These were the types of books that were recommended to federal judges and to um, anybody who works within that system throughout the country in, in order to enlighten them about Pride Month and get them ready for that. So this is exactly the type of thing I was talking about in the opening. This gets shoved in your face everywhere you look. The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. Do you think the Catholic's Guide to Catholic School would ever be recommended by this Fair Employment Practices Officer at any other point in the year? Um, have to say, nope, no way, not happening. Here's a snippet from that book, The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. So apparently the main character at this, uh, at this point is giving a presentation to her class and she says, quote, You know who's most likely to get an abortion at our age? Rich white people. Rich white people with the privilege of having the choice of what to do with their bodies and the rest of their lives. And you know who's most likely to lie about getting an abortion? People who grow up in a religion that gets off on shame and guilt, who can't safely carry proof of their sin in their bodies or risk being shunned by their families, and excommunicated by the church. End quote. I love how anyone that's either walked away from religion or who isn't Catholic has the mindset that the church gets off on shame and guilt. What do you expect the church to teach? We live in a world where everyone just wants to be told that they're right even when they're doing wrong. You see what I did there, Juice? You like that? <laughs> right and wrong. I'm sorry that it's not what someone might want to hear, but having an abortion is, in fact, a shameful act. And you should feel guilt about having it after the fact. I suspect that this feeling of guilt and shame is at the root of the over-the-top, in-your-face narrative from the pro-abortion side. Deep down, they do have these feelings, but instead of facing those feelings and reconciling with God... They need to be reassured by the mob that they did the right thing when, in fact, they did the wrong thing. (laughs) I can't help myself. This recommended reading list speaks to the larger scale problem within our oversized government. This is the swamp at work, ladies and gentlemen. The swamp is working from the inside where they have the ability to mold and form the minds of countless Americans. This is the reason they have kids like my son reading stories like The Gender Reveal in fifth grade. We need to keep calling it out and pushing back and not taking an axe to the oversized governmental agencies while he had the chance is the biggest mistake that Trump made when he was in control of the White House. Full stop. Our next story is from right here in Boston. 
The state of Massachusetts is recommending that the Boston Public School Department be placed in what's called a receivership. So let's hear what that means. That would mean leadership of BPS would transfer to a so-called receiver with broad powers to overhaul the district. Why would we be recommending something like this? You wondering? Maybe because this is what the state found after doing work to review what is going on within the district. The report describes a system plagued by, quote, entrenched dysfunction, which has, quote, failed to effectively serve its most vulnerable students, carry out basic operational functions, and address systemic barriers to providing an equitable quality education. Wow. Mayor Wu and her cronies in the city council are, of course, completely against this. Wu said, quote, no one is better equipped to accelerate the progress Boston has made than our Boston public schools communities. End quote. Really, Mayor Mandate? This report is actually indicating that those communities are failing. It's indicating that they're actually not equipped to succeed. That's a big fat not equipped. This is because you guys stink at what you're doing. Listen to some of the things highlighted in this report from the state. Quote, the district fails at both the school and central levels to report accurately on key measures of success, end quote. It also says, quote, BPS is failing to meet acceptable minimum standards for what DESE considers to be basic functions, end quote. Wow, doesn't sound too promising for you, uh, Queen Wu. I don't know. Doesn't seem like you guys are really doing that great of a job. Let's trust you to keep to fix this, though, okay? Yeah. The authors of the state's report described a, quote, lack of urgency, end quote, in the district's effort to improve special education services. Don't worry, though, because BPS pushed back on the original phrase of a, quote, disturbing lack of urgency, end quote. So, you know, it looks like the state removed the adjective in their final draft, so... I guess score one for BPS and uh, Mayor Mandate and her crew over there, huh? Let's get rid of disturbing and just make it a regular lack of urgency. Then that will sound much better. Much, much better. These people. (laughs) Ridiculous. What about this part of the report? Quote, the authors of the report suggest that district personnel may have coordinated their response to DESE interviews interfering with the state's ability to get an accurate picture of the issues, end quote. Anybody surprised by that? So these people were rehearsed going into their interviews. What I want to know is who coached these people on how to do that. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? (laughs) You're goddamn right they ordered that code red. The report also referred to the BPS central offices of having, quote, entrenched dysfunction. End quote. Does that surprise anybody? All these political hacks that are in there, union protected, not being held accountable for results ever, just getting taxpayer dollars pumped into their system so they can waste and burn and, and use for woke virtue signaling instead of actually doing their jobs. At the end of the day, the BPS school system has been a mess my entire life. Mayors have come, mayors have gone. But they got to do the right thing here, and they got to give away some of their power. The most noble thing that any politician has ever done in this country was when George Washington willingly, he willingly gave away his power. Would any of these slimy politicians 
ever do something like that today? How about we start by making the school committee answer to the people instead of being appointed by the mayor based on the size of the campaign check that was written? Okay, before we jump into the final segment of the day, I promised you guys some rights of the week here. Let's bring a little sliver of positivity to the show. What do you think, Juice? Let's go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So without further ado, let's take it away and and visit our five rights of the week. The number five right of the week is... Chicago White Sox manager Tony La Russa calling Gabe Kapler's national anthem stunt not appropriate. Take a listen. Who isn't concerned about, you know, what's happening in our country? In every direction you go, there's, there's a lot of concern. He's right there. Where I disagree is that the flag and the anthem have it are not appropriate places to try to voice your objection. You, you, you know, I think you go directly to what the cause that, that really bothers you about the direction of the country. If you talk to any serviceman, you know, that, that put their life on the line, when they're out around, they are, uh, they are, you know, some of their courage comes from the, what the flag means to them and when they are the anthem. So to me, it's, it, it isn't the flag and the anthem that you want to point out and say, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to draw attention by not, I think, I think it's a mistake. I think, you know, Gabe, it's easier to, I think it makes more sense to figure out which of those issues and, and speak about the ones he doesn't like and what he'll do about it. But I'll say it. I mean, I have great respect for him personally. I like him. And I think he's right. But it's not the flag and it's not the anthem. Number four, Boston City Councilor Frank Baker for being the only member of the council to vote no in the city council's symbolic vote against state receivership for BPS. Councilor Flaherty gets no credit for abstaining from the vote. It's a typical half-in, half-out, meaningless move by a politician that likes to stick his finger in the air while he gauges which way the wind is blowing. Councilor Frank Baker, you are right. The number three, right of the week. Reporter Christopher Rufo for continuing to stand up to the bullies on the left as he exposes the grooming of our children in the corporations that continue to support that. His biggest one was exposing Disney and He's all over this um, transing of our children in the schools. So keep up the great work, Chris Rufo. Our number two, right of the week. Number two. (laughs) The fact that the NHL playoffs schedule their games every other day. That is such a strong right. None of this uh, nonsense from the NBA where they, they play a game, wait six days, play another game, wait about a month and a half, play their next game. That is a major, major flaw. So play the games and stop dragging it on already. Just play the game, would you? Come on, come on, come on, come on. I can be pushed just so far, see? Play the game. You touch me once more. Game. Just touch me once more. Play just once game. more, huh? Just once more. Just touch me once more. Play the game, Hardy. And... Our number one right of the week is Scott Nugent, the woman 
who chose to undergo surgery to appear as a man. She was the highlight in Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. The story is heartbreaking, and Nugent deserves to be highlighted for finding the courage to speak out. For finding the courage to speak out against this transgender movement after she fell victim to it herself. It got me at 42. Your child doesn't have a chance. All right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our first ever rights and wrongs of the week. Let us know in the comments if you guys liked it, didn't like it, whatever you might think. If you liked it, you're definitely going to be considered a right. If you did not like it, you will get yourself a wrong because that was fun. I had a lot of fun with that one and I look forward to doing it again. Hopefully you do too, Juice. Okay, so that Scott Nugent story is a uh, nice segue into our last story today. According to a Fox News story, the Biden administration is holding school lunch money hostage in order to force transgender policies in the schools. So this is a new low. They, they Every day they stoop lower and lower and lower. Their president houseplant just walking around not knowing what he's doing, drooling on himself, mumbling, bumbling, stumbling. But I can't believe they're really going to do this. So they're going to stop funding um, money that that's going to that would be used for school lunches in the public schools that insist on having boys use the boys room and girls use the girls room. So what what a way to get them to go along with your woke transgenderism, huh? Like, oh, go along with what we say or else we're going to cut off your funding. No money for you. No soup for your students unbelievable these people i i I really i i'm at a loss of words i think that is the lowest of the low it is disgusting and to prioritize this transgender woke nonsense this high it's mind-boggling i don't understand how more people aren't outraged by this and I think it's just because they don't realize it. So that's on us. That's our job to get this stuff out there to people. That's our job to spread this around on your social media accounts. I'm not the biggest, um, <laughs> I'm not most people's biggest fan uh, these days on Facebook because I keep like resharing stories like this and talking, talking stuff about the show. So, um, you know, most of the, most of the fluff that's on there is starting to get annoyed, but this stuff's important. It's what's going on in our lives. It's what's happening to our children. Think about your kids going to school and, and that ability that they have to, to be provided a lunch or kids less fortunate than our own kids. And now that's going to be cut off if you don't bully the school administrators or bully the district into agreeing with and going along with this transgender woke garbage that Biden seems so desperate to uh, to mainstream and to push. So we need to say something, you know, say something, do something. That's the old thing, right? So we're seeing it. We need to say it. We got to do something about it. And we can't, we can't do it by ourselves. We need more of us stepping up and pointing it out because as you know it, the stuff's wrong. It sure in the hell is not right. So come on. We got to make sure that more people know about this. (laughs) 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite segment on the Right and Wrong Show. It is our Come On Man segment of the day. And I cannot wait to get to this one. It comes courtesy of the new documentary film by Mr. Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire titled What is a Woman? We're going to play clips from um, one of the people that Matt was able to interview throughout the documentary. And man, it is something you need to hear to believe. So without further ado, why don't we uh, take it away, Juice, and let this um, crazy lady introduce herself for us. My name is Michelle Forcier, um, and I have a medical degree from University of Connecticut Residency, University of Utah Pediatrics, and I've worked for a number of different Planned Parenthoods for 20 years. I do advanced contraception and abortion, as well as gender hormones, and sort of looking at the whole sort of schema of gender, sex, and and reproductive um, justice. Wow, what an introduction she gave herself there, huh? Uh, (laughs) That is, uh, that's an impressive list of Absolutely nothing. Crazy buzzwords and uh, credentials, which we covered last week on the show, means absolutely nothing to us here on the Right and Wrong show. Let her get going and you'll see how valuable those credentials really are. I'd rather uh, get that guy from There's Something About Mary when he just says, I'm a pizza delivery boy. Name's Norm. Hi. (laughs) Just give me one of those instead of her rambling nonsense. But why don't we jump, jump on to the next part of the the uh, clip their juice. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's research and data that show that um, babies and infants um, understand differences in gender. Some children figure out their gender really early. And the reason why we are say, oh, that's, that's interesting or important is because they're figuring out their gender identity is not necessarily congruent with their sex assigned at birth. <laughs> what? Yeah, how about that little like like noise she made at the beginning of the uh of her answer to yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever that was. But j- babies are figuring it out at what no, no they're not. You know what figures it out? Penises or vaginas. That's all it is. Stop overcomplicating this. She thinks she's a genius with this stuff. Real proud of herself, sophisticated with her fancy blue hair. Ugh. All right, keep going, Juice. When the, when the doctor sees the penis and says, this is a male, has the sex of male, that's an arbitrary distinction. Telling that family, based on that little penis, that your child is absolutely 100% male identified, no matter what else occurs in their life, that's not correct. Yes, it is. It's correct. That little penis... Whether it's little, huge, medium, whatever it may be, that is the greatest indication that it's a boy. No matter what else happens in that child's life, no matter what other things this person goes on to encounter or experience or whatever else she wants to talk about, that child is and always will be a male. What's the gender affirmation process? Affirmation means that as a pediatrician, as someone who says my job is to provide the best medical care for you, is I need to listen really carefully. Did you notice how she started talking to him the way she would talk to one of her, one of the children that is is there to see her? Yeah. Yeah. See, I want to talk about affirmation means whatever it is in front of me that we're gonna discover so manipulative 
absolutely absurd. I'll let her keep going. And how I put it in words for kids so that they can understand it is, tell me your story. Where have you been in terms of your gender and your gender identity? Where are you right now? And more excitingly, where would you like to be in the future? Yeah, more excitingly for her, because that's her time to tell them where she would like them to be in their future. (laughs) Because she's going to coach them and push them into changing, trying, trying to change the whatever sex they actually are at that moment because that's her objective that is her agenda and that's her goal when she has these kids coming to see her at what age does the medical transition begin with uh medication so medical affirmation begins when the patient says they're ready for it so that could be a a kiddo who is just starting puberty and panicking because they're getting breast buds or their penis is getting bigger and busier, and they're worried about all kinds of masculine changes. And that way, puberty blockers, which are completely reversible. No, no, they're not. And don't have permanent effects are wonderful because we can put that pause on puberty. Just like if you were listening to music, you put the pause on and we stop the blockers and puberty would go right back to where it was. The next note in the song just delayed that period of time you can't pause puberty you psycho what is wrong with this lady she seriously believes that get out of here with that this is insane this woman should have her medical license taken away from her she should lose all credibility and status that she has within the psychiatric community but nope, she's going to be she's going to be praised. I'm sure. Actually, I haven't even looked into it since this aired. Uh, it's been less than a week, but I'm sure she's already a victim. I'm sure she's already claiming uh, um, that she's being bullied, harassed, whatever. I'm, I'm sure people have found her somewhere on Twitter, on social media and um, told her what she should have been told a hell of a long time ago. Let's finish it up here, Juice, with the with this one last little clip. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right? Which. Mm-hmm has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders? You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's going in a particular direction. Well, you're a medical professional. I am a medical professional. So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids or? Again, I'm a physician and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words. Drugs I give to I'm, kids. I'm choosing a chemical word that was in a dictionary. That's not a correct term for puberty blocking. I, mean, I could like look it up on my phone, but I'm pretty sure if I looked it up, like, you you can look it up on your phone. It says medical definition: the administration of a drug to bring about a marked reduction in the body's production of androgens and especially testosterone. And I'm saying, as a pediatrician who takes care of hundreds of these kids, when you use that terminology, you are being malignant and harmful. I mean, there are some who would say that giving Chemical castration drugs to kids is malignant and harmful. It's about the context of caring for a child and, and seeing the, the suffering that kids can have that have not been in affirmative home situations. Wow. Yeah, we here on the Right and Wrong Show would call it chemical castration. Yep, we're, we're in favor of that um, terminology being used here. Doctor, sorry that you don't like um, calling a spade a spade. Like, is what it is. What are you doing to these children? And the the manipulation of words there with calling it gender-affirming drugs or whatever she said, that healthcare, um, it's not affirming 
their gender. It's actually lying about their gender. It's it's teaching them to avoid their psychological problems. It's teaching them to avoid what's at the root of the problem here. And for her, like for her to actually sit there and think, you start putting like a twelve year old, thirteen year old on drugs like that. You think you're going to be able to pick back up with puberty when they decide at 25 years old that, you know what, they want to go back to being who they actually are? We're going to have have 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds walking around going through puberty? Get out of here with that. Ugh. I'm sorry, Michelle Forcier. 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 Whatever the hell your name is. You are a complete psycho, and I would want you nowhere near my children. I don't think you should be near anybody's children and i think you should be um in a jail cell somewhere so you my friend the least of your worries today is the fact that you're getting one big old fat come on man from the boys here on the right and wrong show so (laughs) i don't know you got some more bigger problems than us to deal with my friend well that's the show today thank you everybody for joining us thank you to our first timers out there in the audience uh special thank you to Mr. Stu Peters for having me on his show this afternoon. Uh, it was a great time. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Stu does an awesome, awesome job. He loves, uh, he, he calls out so many things that are wrong in, in today's world. So I appreciate having that platform that, that he was able to provide for us. And again, thank you to the people from We the Patriots USA for setting the whole thing up for us. And uh, Juice, I guess that might, might be it for us, huh? That's all we got for you today. Yep. Yeah, he's giving me the, yeah, wrap it up signal. I'm getting the Oscars playoff music. (laughs) So I got nothing else to say to you guys today except thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.